What's up, Notre Dame fans? This is a great way to start off our show, and it's uh, it's with a super chat, so we'll go ahead and sound the alarms. James Buckner, 20 bucks, he says, because I care. Um, I was going to ask you why you are going to drop a super chat, James, and you already answered for me, so I appreciate that, buddy. Um, what's up, Notre Dame fans? This is Mike Singer, BlueAndGold.com, recruiting guy with Tim Hyde, our football guy. Uh, we're live on YouTube Wednesday night, uh, March 23rd here. And, uh, you, of course, if you're listening back via podcast, we appreciate you as well. Um, you know, give us a kind review wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, watching live, watching back, hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel um, if you have not done so yet. Um, and, um, yes, Michael commented here on YouTube. You're sounding a little bit better, Mike. Um, f- feeling better for the most part. <clears throat> I will have to mute myself a few times due to coughing. Um, so if I do that and uh, forget to uh, unmute myself, Tim, you'll have to let me know. We are a woman down tonight. Ashton Pollard not able to join us. She's been under the weather for weeks now. Um, she, Her voice has not gotten better. Um, so she's, um, she told me she hasn't spoken out loud in like four or five days. <laughs> she's not answering. I even called her yesterday, Tim. She did not answer my phone call. Um, and um, <coughs> excuse me. So she's seen the doctor tomorrow. So um, we are uh, hopeful that um, she is uh, is feeling better. You guys drop comments, drop super chats. We'll get to questions right away. Um, Tim, to open the show as we do. And um, if you don't like this part of the show. Uh, I don't know what to tell you is, uh, is what it is. Tim, what's, uh, what's in the cup tonight? Well, well, special delivery. I just got, um, nice. Yes. Tigers from our uh, Notre Dame alums out there. Thank you so much. Been sampling it here. uh, As it just got here about just about two hours ago. Nice. All right. Well, I have, uh, the Tigers, tail cocktail um that uh that that the folks um over at royal tiger told me to try out so lime juice simple syrup spice liqueur and um uh the the two tigers whiskey so my wife made this for me so got a nice nice class here and uh of course shout out to ashton got the spin drift um for the vibes of course um so that's um that's that part. This is my favorite part of the show. Yes. yes. Um, but maybe not for some other folks. But <laughs> all right, we'll move along. Yes, shout out Royal Tiger folks, Notre Dame grads. If you're at Total Wine, pick it up there. Awesome stuff. Okay, so Tim, about three minutes before we started recording, um, you uh, told me that you saw something on Twitter here um, that I thought was pretty interesting. So we'll, we'll pop up on the screen. This is uh, we we got Blake Fisher here at right tackle. So for for podcast audience, I'll explain this to you. Blake Fisher just tweeted out a, a couple photos from practice. Well, Notre Dame doesn't give the media a ton of viewing opportunities um, to the media for practice, so we kind of take whatever we can get. So we, we're looking at presumably a, a first team offensive line unit. Yep. Got big Blake Fisher at right tackle. Next to him certainly looks like Josh Lug. And at center, uh, looks like a five and a two Zeke Carell. I'm guessing that's Drew Pine at quarterback, but I, I can't, I can't tell to be honest with you guys. So Tim, we've discussed a good bit. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a big Joe Walt guy, always yeah. have been. 
Um, and um, you're a huge uh, Blake Fisher fan from the very first video we did with you uh, on our YouTube channel. You called him Baby Orlando Pace. So what are your thoughts of seeing him at right tackle? Do I need to take a, a victory lap? I feel like I'm taking a lot of wins here lately for spring practice. Well, I don't know if it's a victory lap. If you got two outstanding football players manning the, you know, the flanks out there on the offensive line. What's exciting is that if if it is there, it you know, maybe starts to solidify a few things with that group grouping. And um, you know, both those guys played outstanding in the Fiesta Bowl. And maybe they're just going with Joe Alt athleticism, you know, your traditional right tackle is the big mauler. Left tackle is that, you know, at, you know, athletic, not that Blake Fisher's not athletic. Blake Fisher's outstanding. And I think maybe they just went with him. He had more games under his belt. This is just guessing here, looking at a Twitter photo here from Blake, <laughs> you know, read, you know, reading between the lines here, but uh, having fun with it is, is he looks outstanding in his right tackle spot. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're just going with him. He's got the experience. So if anything happens, probably leg just kicks right back out the right tackle, you know, Baker, uh, you know, manning the left side over there with, with Joe Alt. And then, you know, it sounds like there's just going to be a battle Royale for the, you know, the, the guards, either the left side and obviously the backup behind uh, Josh Lug, who's going to be playing his sixth year here. So it's, you know, it's exciting just to see a photo, a photo here. Cause they've had three days of uh, practice and more importantly, look like we saw those guys in pads today. Yeah. So media got to see the very first practice of spring ball last Thursday five periods and stretching. So no 11 on 11 work. So we're kind of picking up the crumbs here. So, I mean, this is just one picture they could have had. I mean, Alt could have been at right tackle for all we know. And then he, you know, I don't know, had to go get some water and Fisher moved over. So, I mean, we're, we're really reading into it, but um, yeah, so but symbolism, it's, symbolism, I mean, it's all yeah, about it's symbolism. A, it's a picture on Twitter. We're taking it as, well, this is the starting lineup offensive yeah. line for Ohio state. We can't even see the, the left and uh, left guard and, and left tackle, but um, man, pictures of Joe Walt. Oh, he is a big He's, dude. Yeah. The, the photos on Saturday and just the videos, just, I mean, just seeing the guys running around, he, I mean, I told you, he, he, he looks like he's gotten taller. He's just, he's just massive. How that guy played tight end at what, 235-ish or so, comes to Notre Dame. Wasn't even there in the spring. I mean, would they just put him on like mashed potatoes and gravy and was just going crazy? And next thing you know, he's starting and finishing the last, what, six, seven games and freshman All-American on every, what, unanimous freshman All-American. He's on every single team that had one, so... I mean, we could say a million things about Joe Hall. Just a tremendous, you know, to come in. You can't say that enough. The guy shows up in the summer, and what, 60 days later, he's starting. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. You know, obviously, and a testament to his dad as well and all that experience he's probably getting from his pops. Yeah, we have a comment here on uh, YouTube. Uh, no surprise that Alt is at left tackle and, and Fisher at right tackle. Um, so somebody just said, <laughs> my, my, me bringing that up is more – you know, in, in recent videos and shows and whatnot, Tim has said to put Fisher back at left tackle. And I was like, no way. But we didn't know what Harry Heastand would do. New offensive yeah. line coach. Um, I always fear we weird when I call him a new offensive line coach. But, um, you know, the, the replacement of Jeff Quinn. Um, so that that that's kind of the thing there. So, um, yeah, great looking offensive line. I mean, how excited are you as an offensive line guy, Tim, with the – I mean, if Tosh Baker – it's like you're stacking up your offensive linemen 
from like the regardless of position from best to you know the least talented right now and like Tosh Baker's like your seventh or eighth guy that's a really good offensive line oh I agree you know what and one of those early things is you know I, I was thinking was like do they move him do they move Tosh inside give him a shot I know he's tall yeah, but Notre Dame plays. Yeah, he's tall. He's yeah, he's big. Yeah, but, but they've had some tall guys way in the past. I mean, so, some of the tall guys played way back in the Lou Holtz years. Played inside Clevenger before he went to tackle. You know, Mike Rosenthal actually started a couple of games as a freshman on the 95 team. And he was 6'7", 6'8", played in the NFL for a handful of years as well. So I was always considering that if you're going your best five. Um, you know, but with the O-line, I was really excited Josh Lug came back. You know, he's had had a really good 2019 and then was dinged up a little bit and just seeing him running the reports that Tyler and Patrick at blue and gold were saying he was just looking fast, looking athletic, like a different energy with him out there. So hopefully he's healthy. And I mean, you can't, you, he's got a lot of games under his belt. You know, this whole team's got a lot of games under his belt, especially when you get Patterson back and then even Zeke started games, has started games the last two years. So it's an experienced group. I think they're all going to buy into the way Harry coaches and because uh, they want to be great. And I, it, it could be a super talented uh, offensive line once they all mesh together here. All right, folks, make sure you hit the thumbs up. If you're with us live here, watching back on YouTube, um, drop a super chat if you want your question answered right away. Um, and uh, we will we'll get into that. All right, moving to a different position on the offense. I'm going to pull up our scholarship chart, that Patrick Angle has put together at Blue and Gold. Eight scholarship wide receivers that I have highlighted here. Um, read through these guys real quickly. Got incoming freshman Tobias Merriweather, who will enroll at Notre Dame this summer. Um, Jaden Thomas, uh, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey, your receivers from that 2020 uh, one recruiting class. You got Joe Wilkins, Braden Lindsey, uh, Avery Davis, guys who've been at Notre Dame, feels like forever, and then Matt Salerno. Um, the promoted walk-on uh, receiver um, who uh, kind of known at this point for his fair catching duties for Notre Dame that 2020 <laughs> season. So Tim, when you look at this group, who is kind of the reliable target? Like who we'll, we'll start there. And before I get into a follow-up question, who, who do you feel like Notre Dame's going to have to rely on the most this season? Well, when you say Mr. Reliable, you got to go with, you know, Avery Davis, you know, once he gets back. Yeah, I'm just like, saying that. You, you, to be reliable, you got to be there. I mean, and, and that's not a knock on Avery Davis. The dude can't help getting hurt, but the dude's had injury issues. And, I, and I'm saying reliable is in, uh, from experience, from experience. Okay. You know, he's going to be a two-time captain more than likely this year. I'm, I'm saying that, you know, because when he's been there, he, you know, he's had some big time uh, catches for them the last couple of years. Reliable as in just, you know, that experience, but you're right. He's coming back from an injury and, um, you know, how long is that going to be? The fact that Wilkins is back so soon, I think that was probably the the hidden gem of day one that, you know, Marcus Freeman said he's out there, no brace running full speed, hundred miles an hour, looking good. I, th I thought that was one of the big, big news of day one, uh, you know, especially going forward there. But when you're saying the reliable one, the best of the group, the guy you got to get the football to this season is, in my opinion, is Lorenzo Styles. Lorenzo Styles has to take that jump from solid, played a bunch last year to 
upper echelon sophomore. And there's been a, a big history of Notre Dame guys going from freshman to sophomore, especially wide receiver over the last 10 years with Brian Kelly. He's had a handful of guys. So he's the guy. He's the guy. And he showed it in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, get him the ball, reverses, hopefully run some more screens with him. He is he's a dynamic athlete. Would you like him in the slot more or the field? I love him in the slot. I just, I love him in the slot because you know, once again, go you know, go get you know, Lindsey's outside with one, and then if you could get the once again those those young guys again, Colsey Thomas, you know, one of those guys being the go-to guy in the boundary. Uh, I like Styles as a slot just because of the reverses, getting him the ball in the run game. When he motions, he's he's athletic looking when he motions and gets the ball off of motions, which he did a handful last year. I would play in there instead of playing him out so wide. I, I agree because I think you have a lot more outside receivers than you do mm-hmm. slot guys. I mean, um, your, your dependable slot guys right now are Davis and Styles that we know about at least. Yeah. Um, so, man, not to sting Notre Dame fans, but once I said that, I was thinking, man, if they would have signed CJ Williams, I think he could start day one at slot. Like he was like four wide. CJ Williams, Avery Davis. Oh man. Uh, well, but, well, he was running around for SC uh, yesterday at day one, so I'm sure he was enjoying himself. Yeah, we'll see how that goes uh, here soon. All right, we've got a lot of hate going on, and I feel like it's in the comments. Tom says start a GoFundMe account for hairbrush for Mike Singer. Oh wow, we don't, we don't need this kind of negativity. Is it is it that bad? <laughs> I guess it is. You well, it's it's not a hair. When I, when I tell Tim, Hey, just bring down the handsome a little bit. I'm not wearing a, I'm not wearing a shirt and tie. I'll do that after football games. But, and then you got Tim looking all good. And uh, here's me. Um, just, just scraping by. So do appreciate um, <coughs> all the comments. I love it. I love that. it. All right. Is it, is it, hey, I, Oh, no, I was, I was going to talk about, obviously, you know, with, you know, the the young receivers, you know, yep. obviously that, you know, you got Thomas and Colsey, you know, just a couple, you know, as I mentioned, a few stats here on some of the guys that have blown up from freshman to sophomore year, you got, you know, Corey Robinson, you know, nine catches to 40 his sophomore year. Can that be Colsey? Thomas didn't play a lot, so he would be jumping on the scene, but this is more like a, of a Colsey type guy. Cause he, Played sparingly, only a couple catches last year. Will Fuller went from six catches to 76. I, I think that's the craziest jump. You know, EQ St. Brown went from five to 65 catches. And then Chase Claypool went from five to 30 and then 50. And he just kept getting better each and every year. So, you know, there has been a handful of those guys that have jumped up there. And that's going to be Colsey. Thomas, you know, I mean, we're going to talk to we're blue in the face of receiver because they're needed because of the numbers issues. Wilkins back from an injury. Lindsay's been injury prone his career. You know, obviously he played every snap basically last year. And then you're, you know, uh, not Hubert Davis. Geez, that's the UNC coach. I got sweet 16 on my mind. Avery Davis, obviously at wide receiver. So it's an interesting group. Some really, really talented guys in there. But the 2022 season is going to be dependent on these sophomores. It, it just is. Well, let's. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Let me kind of, that last statement, let me ask it Mm -hmm. in a different way. How dependent is this offense going to be or how successful? All right, let me let me try to ask this question one more time. How important are these receivers to the success of the offense this upcoming season? Um, I mean, look, we always talk about trucks and trailers, right? Sure. If you don't have a truck at quarterback, you it's going to be a, a struggle for you if you also have trailers at wide receiver. See, I'm I'm of the mindset, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. If it's, you know, you know, you got different guys. If it's Buckner, I think Buckner and his, you know, he's he's so athletic, you're going to have to respect him, meaning you're gonna have to constantly have an overhang player, a safety somewhere to defend Buckner or a Mike Backer always in there to spy on him, which opens up the door for everybody else. You're gonna get a ton of man coverage and you're gonna get you're going to be able to go up top and beat those guys. You're probably going to get some cover zero at times, excuse me, if they're running the ball really successfully. So the truck or the trailer thing, if it's pine, you know, I, I I'm just a believer. I, I think pines the middle of Cohen and book. I think he's right in between those two guys. He's more athletic than cone. Does he have, you know, the, the arm is cone. I mean, cone didn't have the, the blazing as arm, but the guy threw for 3000 yards. So, you know, and obviously book is a, is a combination of everything. He would scramble, make good plays, you know, be accurate, hit some, you know, in, uh, you I mean, his best football game was Clemson. So you always go back to that game and the way he played. So, but also the truck and trailer at as wide receivers and, and going to your question there, how dependent are they also who's the second tight end? If a second tight end does yep. not emerge behind mayor, more wide receivers. Right. Are going to play. Here's a name. Breakout candidate that no one's talking about. Mitchell Evans. On the offense. No one's talking about him. But Mitchell Evans. Just keep an eye on him. You know, we don't, like we talked about earlier, like we don't know Harry Heastan, like what he's going to do with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like Gerard, Jared Parker, new tight ends coach. Like we're not 100% sure. But based on. Mitchell Evans play last year. What I had been hearing from folks close to the program last year. Um, Mitchell Evans, dude, dude. He's, um, he's, he's an athlete. That's, that's that, you know, and he played, I, you know, when you're going back to last year, you, you always heard the coaches talk about how he was a surprise. You know, he came ready to play instantly and they got him on the field, played a ton last year. Who is that second tight end is going to dictate going back to Lorenzo Styles? If they have to play a second tight end, meaning Michael Mayer's got to flex out like Tyler Eifert had to do in 2012 for them to be successful on offense, 
that means Styles is going to have to probably have to play outside. So, but if it's Mayor is, is the tight end, they really don't have a true second. Styles probably plays more slot. And then you get Colsey outside more. If there's Thomas, a lot of early reports, Thomas during the bull prep, how he was blowing up. And then obviously he's just physically, he looks physically imposing when you see him running around out there. So wide receiver and that second tight end is going to be interesting. All right. Here's a couple comments. Paul says, Tim's awesome. Blue and gold's most knowledgeable contributor. And I think he forgot to mention behind Mike Singer. Uh, <laughs> who's that? Who's that? My brother? Is that my brother, Paul? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? No, I know that. I know. <laughs> it, it, could then, be, it could be a code word. I love you, Paul. Thank you. And, and then um, the answer to this question is about 19 minutes and 45 seconds. <sighs> How long until Mike brings up Angeli? So I do have to ask Tim. Um, fire. Hold on. This is a good crowd tonight. These guys yeah, are rocking. Yeah. yeah, I got a great crowd. So this is um, this is our our last show. We obviously we do this every Wednesday. So last Wednesday was right before um, the first spring practice. By the way, Tim, I want to get your thoughts on Pot of Gold. That was not in our show itinerary, but just thoughts on some of those. Actually, we are touching on that later. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, unprompted, I did not tell these people to rave about Steve Angeli, but in Ashton Pollard and uh, Tyler Horka's video. Talked about Angeli. And then I did a video with Todd Burlich. Asked him about the quarterbacks. Yep. He loved up Steve Angeli. I don't know, Tim. What, what do you think? You're not a and big a great article. Guy. Yeah, and a great article Tyler did at Blue and Gold talking about Angeli and, and the QBs and all that stuff as well. Um, hey, if, if number one, you know, I know everyone's like, oh, you know, Hyde's not an Angeli guy. Hey, if, if he's playing for Notre Dame – go win games and go kick butt. You know, we're, I mean, if he's playing as a freshman, who's he going to be compared to? We're going to have to get Mr. Goolsby on and talk about his old uh, college buddy, Matt Lovecchio there, since the comparisons are going to be, you know, almost, you know, eerie similar between uh, 2022 and 2000 when Lovecchio jumped on the scene as a freshman. Hey, we, I mean, we've talked about Angeli very, very underrated quarterback for whatever reason, the national recruiting, everybody just like, just dropped him down, poo pooed on him. He's a lot, he's a lot better than, than people give him credit for plays for one of the premier programs in America. I mean, it's not like he can't throw a 10 yard pass for crying out loud. I mean, you watch his highlights there. He's a good quarterback. You know, is he the guy this year? He's one snap away from being number two. So yeah, I mean, who knows, you know, and that's what happened in 2000 real quick. Arnez battle, the running quarterback, kind of like a little, uh, Tyler Buckner, the backup in 2020 was a old Gary Godsey kind of little, uh, drew pine right there. And then you had Lavecchio and, uh, Angeli is the threes. Who knows if, uh, if those, uh, stars align here again. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I, uh, what was my bold prediction last week? Do you remember bold predictions? Oh, Steve Angeli was going to come out of spring and he I, was going to be talked imp- about. Impressive. Yep. I said he's going to impress yep. the media. And yes, impress the media. Yeah. He's a good player. But he can throw. He's not, he's not 5'10". He's a good looking quarterback. Yeah, he's big. And I've, yeah. I mean, folks who like religiously watch our YouTube channel here, this is like their fourth time they're going to hear me say this, but like. Like you just you 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 see the dude in person and you're like man he's a he's a big kid like he looks 
bigger than the six two and three eighths two ten and and then I think about Drew Pine when he was a freshman and he did look five ten you know a yes. plus fifty <laughs> when um, he walked on that field in that Alabama game for a snap it was like oh wow you know yeah. and Jelly people may not like this but he looks like the old school Michigan quarterbacks during the Lloyd Carr years you know those tall athletic pocket passers. I mean, Michigan has had a ton of those guys over the years. That uh, He looks like that guy. 6'3", big, strong, athletic guy who's going to sit in the pocket and deliver, play action. Those are his strengths. Yeah. All right, folks, make sure you hit the thumbs up if you're with us live watching back. Um, definitely appreciate you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel um, if you have not yet. So, yeah, that was about four minutes of Steve Angeli talk. So there's your answer there, um, Mr. Terrence. And Michael asks, hey, Mike, who is this year's Joe Alt? Um, there's no rhyme or like reason or scientific thing to who is my – I get asked this all the time. Who's the next Joe Alt? That's Angeli. Angeli's my guy. Like Alt was just my guy in the, that 2021 class. Um, I, I tend to latch on to recruits who like people or don't like. Uh, maybe not don't like is not the correct term, but there's – don't think are like going to be quality, you know, solid players for Notre Dame. And, you know, we'll, 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 you know, kind of play a little bit, de- a little bit of devil's advocate, but also like, I do believe in them. And my other one is Angeli's teammate, Jaden Bellamy. I think Bellamy has, is got some, you know, some, some, some crap to him. You know, yeah. Keep it PG, but a lot of people just yeah, on that. real quick. Well, let me ask you just real quick, Mike, off of that is, uh, you know, when they talk about who's the next Joel, when you talk all this, is it the, the under-recruited guy, the guy that's the hidden gem everyone assumes is going to redshirt for three years and then show up on the scene, so to speak. So is that is that Ziegler this year, who is that under-recruited type guy? Well, who's for yours? Me, yeah, well, who's my, yours? Mine is Morrison. I think Morrison's one of the most underrated kids in this class. You know, quiet, big-time, everyone in the Pac-12 loved him. Really, really good football player who I think – that's my guy, you know, is that, is that hidden gem that kind of got lost in the shuffle and forgotten about, but you watch his film, he, that kid could play. He could play. Yeah. I mean, Washington, a school that yes. makes claim to DBU. Yes. He was Oregon. almost committed there. And yeah. um, like, he kind of was silently committed. Worst term in all of the books, by the way, don't get me started on it. Um, drop me a super chat. We will. <laughs> but you know, then he flips to Notre Dame silently, whatever. I mean, Alabama, Oklahoma, dude had some big time offers. So, um, really four good star, store four star, according to the, um, the, the on three consensus. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's big time folks. $1, one year premium access, bloomandgold.com guys. It's a buck. It, it's a buck. Go sign up to the site. Leave a YouTube comment. Let me know if you've signed up. Drop me a note on Twitter, DM, tweet. Let me know if you're – just let me know, hey, I'm from YouTube. Sign up for the site. Would love to know. Recruiting Scoop. Um, our, our staff writes more articles than you'll probably even get to read today. Tim Hyde always throwing in some thoughts. You can interact with him in that forum. The weekly staff chats Tuesday at noon Eastern. Again, blueandgold.com. Our introductory offer, which will not be around forever. Um, and, uh, it will go away and, um, never come back. So get it while you still can. 
Um, question here, Mike, who is your Aunt Jelly of the 2023 class so far? If I had to pick one, I think we were, I was asked this a couple weeks ago. I mean, all of them are pretty, like, I'm not probably going to go with like a, a big time guy. Like Keon Keeley, I think is going to be a first round pick. That's, that's kind of an obvious one. Love a Don Schuler. Um, so if I'm, if I'm going to kind of have to pick one it, it, right now, it'd probably be Preston Zinter. Um, <clears throat> Notre Dame sources um, love this young man a lot more than the uh, the websites do um, at this point. Um, any any thoughts, Tim? Before we before we move along? Yeah, well, right. I mean, I mean, when you have the number one, number two recruiting class in the country, there's not a lot of a uh, you know low, low hanging fruit, so to speak. And Zinter is the lowest guy, but he's not when you watch his film and the athleticism brings, and the guy could play one of four positions. So if, he's he's a good football player. If Ronan Hannafin ends up at Notre Dame's class, he might be the guy. I'm 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 coming up to Massachusetts, I want to say, and it'll be either May or September. So come and make a swing and 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 check out all the Notre Dame recruits up in Massachusetts. And um yeah, a lot of I'm, offers. A lot of offers out of Mass. Yeah, this is the most I've seen Notre Dame recruit um recruit in the area. Yes, uh, since I started covering the Fighting Irish uh, close to 3 years ago. Michael says he has already signed up for $1 no-brainer. For sure, Michael. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so maybe we can even do like a meetup. Maybe me and Tim can get lunch and some some folks oh, can meet up with us. Well, yeah, there's there's some good football. And the, and the offers that Notre Dame have thrown out are really, really good uh, yeah, high school football. Especially the D lineman who just decommitted out of BC playing for Catholic Memorial. Really good high school football program out there. We are going to talk about some defensive line recruits later in the show when we transition um, into recruiting. Um, but one more football topic, injury news. Aiden Kayana Aina, 6'3", 310-pound interior defensive lineman um, from Colorado. ACL tear, first spring practice. What, what's kind of the impact of this news, in your opinion, Tim? Well, the first thing, you just feel bad for him. He's going into year three, that typical D lineman, you know, red shirt. He got in the rotation a little last year, played some, was a little banged up, and then got ready, played a bunch in the in the festival. Actually, looked really good out there. And then he, you're thinking he's going to come in, get in that number two rotation, play a ton this year, and then gone. And my, you know, my first instincts was just like, you know, feel bad for him. And then it, now it's a numbers game. And Notre Dame has not, you know, recruited massive dudes up front. And me, as a coach looking at it, it I'm thinking of Ohio State and the size. So you're going to have to go cross, Lacey. You know, the big the big conversation was, you know, is Riley Mills moving him out to the big end like they did with MTA. Because Mills, another guy, junior season, he's got to be on the field. There's no way he could just sit there and be a – the second string against, you know, behind Adam Eola at three tech Mills has to be on the field just for pure size athleticism. It's his time. It's a numbers crunch. So now he, you know, if Mills is the DN, you got cross and Lacey inside Adam Eola, Gabe Rubio, you better be ready to play as a true sophomore because who is there now that, you know, Aiden is gone there. There's no one. Heinish is a freshman is way too small. I think we could agree on that. And then um, who else have they recruited? Jason Anye, who I think they moved inside, right? But 
You haven't heard a peep from him in two years. Did you mention Rubio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rubio, but is Rubio, are they going to move Lacey to three tech, Rubio to nose? So you have, is it cross Rubio at nose, Lacey Adamiola at three tech, a D tackle there. So you have four, but you know, someone's going to miss a game. I mean, Kurt Heinisch missed two games this past season. Someone's going to miss a game somewhere. So it's depth. And that's what stinks when you lose a, thir- a third year guy in the program. Yeah. And at 310 pounds, yes. um, quick projection, um, starting lineup, maybe for Ohio state strong side and Viper three tech and nose put you on the spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I just said, Mills has to be on the field. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, how that guy could be on the bench and just playing 35, 40 snaps. He's got to play. So maybe you up the ante with some depth, or excuse me, numbers-wise, maybe some guys play more snaps instead of the the hockey rotation. You know, Elston had playing ten guys sometimes, and you're like, who the heck? Why is that guy on the field? You know, the game 17-14. Get your guys out there, and uh, you know, I would go cross just with experience. It knows Adam Eola is a stud at three tech. He's you know he's going to be an NFL draft pick this time next year, and then obviously Foskey. You know, and then there's been lots of talk about you know, Justin Adamiola moving to D end. But if he plays D end, once again, where's Mills? So, I mean, those would be my, my four. And I think that's pretty commonplace when you think about it, when you're going with the most experienced, especially Foskey Adamiola. I mean, those two guys are locks. All right. We ready for some recruiting talk. Any other team related discussions you wanted to get into Tim? No. No, I think we're good. I think we've, you know, we've talked about a few of the main points we chatted about. All right. So recruiting time. All right. So as is customary now in our our live show here, we'll talk about the article we published this morning, the cover three article, which the topic was, who was our favorite pot of gold offer? So also we'll have a really neat article out Thursday morning. There was this website where I was able to like drop, enter in a location and drop a pin. So I have a U.S. map with a pin oh. on every offer Notre Dame sent out last Thursday for, for Pot of Gold. 70 in total and uh, very heavily in the south. I think it was um, well wow. over half of the offers were, were in like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana. Um, if you include Texas and Oklahoma in the south, certainly – um, that, that was 45 of the 70 from those States right there and, and South Carolina, Tennessee, but very much <clears throat> loaded in the South. Um, but we posed the question, um, cover three, which, which is again, asking th- three members of our staff, um, kind of an interesting question with Notre Dame football. And, uh, this, this topic was obviously with, with pot of gold, your favorite pot of gold offer that Notre Dame sent out. Um, Ashton Pollard, who is not with us. If you're wondering, you're just joining us. Why Ashton's not here. She is still battling illness. Um, and, uh, specifically her voice. So she hasn't, she told me she hasn't spoken in a few days. So, uh, keep Ashton in your thoughts and prayers. She's going to the doctor tomorrow morning, but Ashton went with Davion Gauze, um, from South Florida. Um, C is on three consensus ranking number 79 player in the country. Number seven running back. Um, talented player, put up huge numbers um, as a sophomore last year. Tim, you went with Jason Robinson. He's not the biggest guy. 5'8", 150 is what he listed at. Um, USC commit, 
a program you're familiar with, number 198 player nationally, number 35 wide receiver. Why'd you go with Jason Robinson? Well, a couple of things. Number one, he's the 35th wide receiver, and they're probably like, oh, why'd you pick that guy? We've kind of talked about those receivers Notre Dame has had lately that have been in the in the mid, low 30s of position rank and how they've had a handful of guys out there and have, have all started and a handful of them gone to the NFL that have been ranked in the in that 28 to 35 range. And then, you know, I, I looked at it. First off, I was born in Long Beach. So it's nice when, um, you know, Notre Dame goes after a Long Beach poly jackrabbit, which is few and far between in the history of Notre Dame football. And then um, next thing is I looked at it as a challenge for Marcus Freeman. Everyone talks about his recruiting chops. So I thought this would be a good little thing to, Hey, they lost CJ Williams, right? So let's uh, <laughs> turn the favor and Marcus Freeman, you know, Chancey stuck in guys go out and get a USC commit out of Long Beach Poly. You know, I, we were talking on the message board, how they've had four, what, 14, 15 since Pete Carroll's years from Poly go to SC. So that, that was mine, just all encompassing a whole bunch of things. And then you watch this film, athletic, athletic, athletic. You can't say that enough about this kid. He is a dynamic slot wide receiver. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. So Notre Dame offered him on Thursday. Ashton Pollard actually wrote an article about Robinson and his recruitment. He really wants to get out to South Bend. Um, my approach was, uh, an unranked player, Eli Bowen, <coughs> excuse me, younger brother of 2023 safety commit Peyton Bowen, um, for the Irish. So, um, I like this offer for two reasons. First, Eli Bowen is a really good football player. He was, um, third team all state, um, in, in six a in Texas, which is really impressive for a sophomore. Um, and listen, I mean, he, he's, he's a big time football player. He's got a great offer list, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, LSU, um, tons of schools after him. Um, like watch him on tape. He can play again, ton of, ton of big time football. And then two, I think it kind of rejuvenates that family. Like Peyton's yeah. looking around, like he's visited Oklahoma, yeah. Apparently some secret visits even to Oklahoma that haven't been reported publicly. He's visited Ole Miss all since he's committed to Notre Dame. Maybe he's looking at Alabama. Maybe we'll take a trip out to Oregon. Um, so I think that, that this is – so it's not like Notre Dame's offering some scrub to keep Peyton Bowen. Like Eli can play and like this kind of rejuvenates that family I feel like. Like man – Let's let's have and they're only one year apart. It's not like you got a uh, a Donovan and Kurt Heinrich situation where Donovan comes in and Kurt's out of the program. Like these guys are just a year apart. Um, Peyton being twenty twenty three and Eli being twenty twenty four. So, like I, I feel like if Eli Bowen's name was Joe Schmo, he's getting that Notre Dame offer. I think it just kind of helps a little bit more um, that uh, brother is is committed to Notre Dame. So. 
Yeah, good couple, good choices. He's got good film. He does have great film. He's got really good film. Pick sixes to start the film. Yeah, I love it. Yes. He's got really good film, you know, really good, really good looking corner. I would consider him one of those nickel type corners with his size and whatnot. Super, you know, really good looking athlete. And if they offer him and it helps keep his brother in, in the thing and then they get him a year from now, so be it. You, great. And then you got two really good, really good football players out of that part of Texas, which is a big, big plus where Coach Freeman's really attacking hard in Texas. All right, moving along, Tim really wanted to discuss, and uh, we'll get to some questions here in a few minutes. Uh, if you drop a super chat, uh, we will get to your question right away. But Tim, uh, when we were preparing the show, Tim really wanted to talk about um, a defensive line recruit, and we will uh, hear Tim's thoughts about that, and I'll dish on his recruitment in just a minute. But first, we have a word from Reggie Brooks. What's up, Notre Dame fans? It's Reggie Brooks. I'm here to tell you I'm meeting my biggest fans on Meat League. Let's talk Notre Dame football past and present. A portion of the proceeds will go to the Hostess Heroes Foundation, and one lucky winner will win two tickets to the BYU-Notre Dame game in Las Vegas. So download Meat League onto your iPhones and meet me at Meat League. He, lo- he misses block. He forced Rick Wright, and he's like, <laughs> ran out of options real quick. All right, pretty cool stuff on uh, on Meat Leap there, Tim. Nothing like talking snow, you know, the snowball with Reggie Brooks. How much fun could that be, right? Man. I can only imagine. We got to get Goolsby on there. I don't. I think I I try to set that up. I don't remember where where that stands, but um, yeah, we we got to get you got to get the captain on there. He'll love it. He'll yeah, love so it. So former Notre Dame players are on Meat Leap. You sign up on the app. You know, there, there's some kind of fee on there, but you get to spend a few minutes um, as some former Notre Dame players. I think even some current Notre Dame players are on there as well. Um, for our Irish Huddle podcast, that Patrick and Tyler Horka, uh, Patrick Angle and Tyler Horka do, they've been interviewing some former and I think current, I can't, I can't remember who the current Notre Dame player was. I think it was a defensive player. Nana. Yeah, yes, Nana Safa Mensa they interviewed. Um, all these guys available on Meat League. I think it was just, was it Will Fuller? I mean, I should come a, yeah. Yeah, there's been a handful. I think it's going to the what uh, name, image, likeness uh, yes. type of account for for players yep. as well. Yeah, nil. So, um, so cool way to uh, support some uh, current and past Notre Dame players. But okay, let's get into um, Jason Moore, number thirty nine player in the country, number six defensive lineman. You see this recruiting prediction machine? It's an algorithm that projects where players are going to college. His is trending hard towards Notre Dame in large part due to a um, prediction that I put in on New Year's um, Day, uh, right when the uh, when the ball dropped. I put in a prediction. Uh, that's when our site moved over um, from Rivals to on three. So that was kind of one of my uh, predictions to kick things off. Um, this would be a big get, Tim. We'll put on his tape. Why don't you tell us about him? What, what, what makes you so excited about uh, Jason Moore? Well, I know when, you know, when I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago, just chatting about some guys, I, you know, I told you from, from their sophomore to junior film, I think he has made the most improvement of all these 2023 guys. I mean, night and day compared. I, I watched him as a sophomore. Yeah, he looked like a, you know, good looking, strong guy. Didn't run that well. You watch his junior film. My gosh. I mean, he, 
I mean, he looks like a ready-made, let's go out there and, and uh, get in the two deep in 2023 when he comes to South Bend, hopefully. His length, once again, it's, you know, you can't coach length. I always tell my kids that, all my tall guys, you're tall, long, lean. Hey, God's blessed you, man. And take a look at that. He he played his film. This is going back from a sophomore to junior year. I'm getting excited watching this guy because his hands, his leverage. Look at that right there. The way he strikes and he never allows offensive linemen to get in him. And he's like this nonstop over this entire junior highlight film. And I think he's the most improved football player. I can't say that enough. I mean, look at the get off his hands. It's a screen that he breaks up. He has a couple rundown plays. And the first guy I thought about and watching him was. You know, I went and watched Stefan Tuitt's high, you know, senior film. Mm. He's got better fundamentals than Stefan. Stefan was just a monster, just running over people down there in Georgia. Uh, yeah. But Moore's got a lot of fundamentals, really obviously well coached out there at DeMatha. And you get into that Washington, D.C. Catholic League and you could get an All-American like this. It's, I mean, you know, tip of the hat there to Marcus Freeman. And I, I know Coach Washington's recruiting the heck out of this guy since he's taken over. So, I mean, like, He's good. He's a good football player. I see him being a your true strong end and uh, being that hardcore five tech. I know there's rumors or talked about him moving inside. I, I I think he's a solid defensive end. You don't have to move him inside. Yeah, I, I saw him um, just a few weeks ago, or earlier this month. Um, made a stop at his high school, and yeah, he uh, he looks the part. There's not a lot of yeah. recruits who like make me feel small. I'm a pretty big dude. Uh, about six three, and uh, he he was one of those guys where I was like, "Well, Blake Fisher is by far the number one." I felt like a shrimp uh, when I met Blake Fisher for the first time. Um, but, but yeah, Jason Moore, big his, dude. His hand. I mean, I I mean, you. It's play after play in this field, and just his hands and his leverage, his gap side arm and leg free is the term you use with the D lineman. He he's got it all, I and mean, he really is a he has jumped from his sophomore to junior year he really has and you know testament to his coaching and him working at it he's he's a guy that could come in and play right away i feel at notre dame when i say right away i'm always talking too deep get into that rotation and um you got him next to tyson ford another tall lean defensive end now you know coach freeman and you know starting to stockpile some bodies out there that are you know top 100 type football players and as far as uh, his recruitment, yeah, like, yeah, we can talk about how good he is, but Notre Dame oh. fans aren't going to care as long as he's, if, if, or if he doesn't go to Notre Dame, they're not going to care. Yes. Um, I, I didn't put in that prediction willy-nilly. I take those things pretty seriously. Um, no guarantee that he lands at Notre Dame by any stretch. Um, but uh, I, I do like Notre Dame um, right now for him. And, um, you know, I, I think Penn State is the biggest competition. Mike Elston in Michigan. That's definitely competition. Ohio State is a team, but not a lot of people are talking about for Jason Moore, uh, but they are certainly in the mix. I think it's those four, uh, but even talking to people close to him um, at DeMatha Catholic in, in Hyattsville, Maryland, um, you know, talking to sources on the Notre Dame side of things, um, people feel like it'll be Notre Dame. Thing is, he's only visited once. He made it out for the North Carolina game last year. Um, Notre Dame will be able to get him out for an official visit, um, in June likely, uh, because it's on their dime, but, you know, staff would certainly love to get him on campus, um, this spring and, and then again for the fall, excuse me, and then again for the summer and lock this one up. So, 
Yeah, big time player, Jason Moore, number 39 recruit nationally, number six defensive lineman. And uh, when on three lists, defensive lineman, that's kind of like a just an interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Then they list edges as that defensive end. So, yeah, big now, time player. It, um, now, wasn't Wa- Washington was recruiting him when he was at Ohio State, wasn't he? Wasn't he his main recruiter? No, nah, you know? he was the linebacker's coach at Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I didn't know because I know there's so many guys that have been coming and going that Washington's had tentacles in. Yeah, that's a lot of linebacker recruits for sure. Um, yeah. Did want to address a quick question from Jason. Uh, do you know if the hats are being shipped out for signing up for Blue and Gold? Uh, so if you signed up, I want to say it was what was it before? Is in the middle of February. I can't remember what the date was when we had that deal. Um, the Founders Club that will on the sign up page it says shipped out in the summer. Um, so uh, when we get inventory for that, it'll be shipped out during the summer. We'll have updates on that um, as that time gets closer. But another player that Tim really wanted to talk about Samuel Mpemba. He's from St. Louis um, plays at IMG Academy. Now um, you look at the recruiting prediction machine gives Notre Dame a slight lead for him. 36.6% in favor of the Irish Missouri at 32.7%. He's visited there twice in the past week. Miami, 15.2%. <coughs> excuse me, running in third. Um, so Mpemba, number 31 overall player nationally, number one athlete. Now, we're going to pop on his sophomore tape because this is um, the, the most recent tape on Huddle. I did see him when he was a junior. I could not put that video together in time. Um, but he was just playing H-back. Um, so he played H-back as a junior at IMG Academy. This sophomore film that we're, we're watching from 2020 is um, from when he was in St. Louis. So he's playing a little receiver. He's rushing yeah. off the edge. So he's an athlete, Tim. What do you think about yeah. him? I'm laughing because how many guys, 6'4", I know, I know he did it. You know, the, the interview after he visited, he, you know, he just visited Notre Dame, which I'm sure you'll chat about. But uh, – yeah, he's 6'4", 230-ish out there playing wide receiver. He is everything the national recruiters are saying when it's just athlete. What position is he going to play? He's probably a, you know another one of those hybrid, let's find a spot for him. Uh, just, my gosh, he's so fast. He, I, you know what? And I, you know, I really didn't watch much of him until, you know, until he obviously visited. Look at this catch. I mean, come on. And, uh, you know, because he was visiting, I wanted to check him out. Like, what is all this hype on him? And, you know, found some film and uh, even a couple of game films that are online and whatnot. He is, yeah, he's an athlete. I know the talk of him playing Rover, it, it, that length out there and that size. I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be a monster, you know, Jalon Smith when Jalon Smith played, uh, you know, the, the, the Rover when he was a true freshman. But, uh, athletic i mean seriously i mean this this could go play tight end with his size and his hands and his ability but that right there that tackle the way he just broke cut and and a cut back and got the guy on the run that's where he's going to make his money he's playing on defense he's yeah he's a special guy and i know you you interviewed and and uh, wrote about him on his visit here just recently it's him a lot of players who are listed as a quote-unquote athlete on their (laughs) profiles right i don't like the term athlete but i get that some kids you just don't know what they're going to play and they're being oh. recruited at both sides. So you put the athlete tag on them. Most of them are receivers slash DBs or maybe like a, you know, every once in a while you have like a running back slash linebacker, you know, something like that. 
but the <laughs> edge slash linebacker slash H back uh, jumbo athlete <laughs> doesn't come around too often. Um, but uh, and he is a, he's a freak. I mean, on three dropped them a little bit in their in their last rankings. I don't see it. I wow. understand it. Yeah, because of his junior year, the dude didn't play defense. Yeah, you know, like he was in Africa all of last summer. Um, so he wasn't with the team. You know, got there late. Just they just you know put him at H back. I, I so I understand why he, but the dude has got all of the tools to be a, a future first round pick. And I don't like saying that for high school juniors, but um, I mean, you watch the film and the dude's got just it. So special player, special talent. Notre Dame's looking good for him too early to project where he's going to land um, considering a, putting in a prediction for him to land at Notre Dame, but a little too early for that. In my opinion, still want to see how some things play out um, coming up with some visits when he gets back to Notre Dame next, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, heck of a player. So would you be okay with him playing Rover? Oh my God. You know what? You know, just get him to South Bend. How's that? (laughs) Just get him to South Bend. But you know, I was going to say he's, he's that type of athlete. Like you need to find out where do you want to put him out? Where do you want to coach him? Where do you want to just drill into this guy? Everything you need to, to get him on the field and not be, which I felt one of the wasted talents at Notre Dame in the Kelly era was Ishaq Williams. When Williams came aboard, you know, in 2011, Williams was that same guy. He looks like uh, Pemba, the same guy when he came, you know, out of New York to Notre Dame, the tall range, he could play multiple positions. Notre Dame had him playing just DN, outside backer, three, three stack inside backer, all these things. And find one spot for this kid. Cause like you said, Mike, he is, Wow. I mean, he's not the number one athlete for no reason. And when you get number one athlete, those dudes are usually safeties, tailbacks that play everything. And you got a 6'4", 240-pound wide receiver D end. So get him to South Bend. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tim, we were going to wrap up recruiting talk uh, by talking about the running backs. Remind me. We'll save that for next week. That'll be a good discussion. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but we will get into questions now. Um, so if you have some questions we haven't answered yet, um, someone's asking about the blue gold game tickets that are seating. I, I got no idea. Sorry about that. Um, Joseph asks, Mike, is Dante Moore visiting this weekend? Not the expectation. Um, I've reported on this at bloomgold.com. Throw a nugget for folks listening 53 minutes in. Um, next week is his spring break. Keep an eye on that. It's his spring break. You know, I, I don't think he's visiting this weekend. But he could visit any day next week during the week. So something to keep an eye on there. <laughs> this is from earlier in the in the show. Yeah. Andy asks, what did Goolsby think of the Japan Bowl video I sent you on Twitter? Andy, thank you for sending me that. And then I put this together. And then did I play it on a show recently? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah, I, think I did. Goolsby loved it, right? When we te- and I texted it. that, he loved he it. He loved it. I said it in yeah. a group chat, me, Tim, and Goolsby. Yeah. He loved it. <laughs> he loved it. So yeah. – um, yeah, so there you go, Andy. Definitely appreciate you letting me know um, about that. Um, default, Joseph asked the question about Dante Moore, and he says, well, if so, if Dante does visit here soon and Notre Dame hits a home run, could he be on commitment watch? If you read between the uh, lines on Dante Moore, um, he, he does not seem to be a guy 
to me, that wants to stretch out his recruitment much longer. Does he take visits? He's talked about it. We'll see. A lot of kids talk about taking official visits and stretching their recruitments longer than they say they are, and then they end up pushing it up. It's just a natural thing with recruiting. A lot of these coaches don't want to stretch out the recruiting process. They want to get it done sooner with um, than later, so something to keep an eye on there. Um, yeah, he was talking about July, August time frame, and it'll be yeah, before I, senior year. That's for sure. I think reading between the lines, when you when you talk to him, it you know wouldn't be surprised if it you know it is it's not going to drag out that long. No, I don't think so. But we'll see. David asks if Kyle Hamilton is drafted as high hmm. as number two, which is where many people are projecting him to be second. I believe it was a Mile Kuyper had him going number two. So was it the Lions? Is the Lions number two? Usually. Can we just say usually <laughs> they are? <laughs> what short-term and long-term effects should it have on recruiting? I will say the short term is Notre Dame will send out all sorts of graphics and whatnot, safety recruits. They'll let them know that's the short term. Does that win any recruitments? Doubt it. Is it a factor? Is it something? Sure. Long term, it's just another notch in the belt. It's another, hey, you know, we've had X amount of guys drafted in the top five. Here's all of our safety. It's 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 a data, it's a good data point. And it's when these kids are watching football on Sundays. And they're watching Sunday Night Football, and it's Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Oh, hopefully he says Notre Dame instead of the Marist School. <laughs> it's cool. yes. You know, a lot of guys will say that. But that, that's my oh, take. Any any other thoughts, Tim? No, I agree. It's, you know, I mean, short term, yeah. You know, the graphics, they, you know, they could tell Bowen, hey, come here. Look what we just did with Kyle Hamilton. You know, it's that type of, you know, early recruiting thing. And then long term. Yeah, his face is going to be there in the monogram room and you're going to see safeties and you're going to list safeties, Harrison Smith and all these other guys and Hamilton will be in the list. So, but it, Hey, if he could go two, but I think the last guy to go that high was Eric Turner back in out of UCLA in the early nineties, I think is the last safety that high. So that'd be unbelievable. It really would. All right. Last questions. I feel like we need one more question after this one. So go ahead and drop one folks watching live with us. Um, Tom, can you guys comment on the most major weaknesses in the defensive secondary? Um, Tim? Yeah. Well, you know, great question. We've mentioned that lately. At least I have, you know, I've, I've been talking about the secondary just as what concerns me is, is the freshmen. None of them really jumped up last year to, to get in there and they had to move a few positions. Henderson watched that create depth and players. So yeah, you know, and, until they play a game, which is it stinks. It's CJ Stroud and those wide receivers are lasting memory is that second half, really that last drive before the first half in the Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State, where they made you know Sanders the quarterback look like Desmond Robinson at uh, Michigan. But uh, that's going to be the issue. But we'll talk DBs a million times between here and there, especially as we get you know here. Which some of these young guys? I mean, they're four freshmen, and you got two. 18 year olds that in the high school that are there, what Bellamy and uh, Mickey. Yes. So they signed That's three six DBs. Bodies. That's More. six. You got to think two. I'm hoping I mentioned this two weeks ago. I'm hoping two out of those six make a dent and get in that two deep. All right. Here's a great way to end the show. Michael asks, when can we expect a commitment? Um, yeah. I, will point. Say, <laughs> I will say in the next two and a half weeks to two, two, two and a half, three weeks. Um, if not sooner, um, I think a visited the kid, a kid who's been who's visited. 
you feel? I mean, there's no kids who's going to commit who's not visiting. It's not COVID times anymore. So. No, no, no. But I'm talking about like in these in this next batch, guys that have been coming. You know, we got a. I mean, you've had a handful. I mean, just go on Blue and Gold and read all your stuff. There's. It seems like there's been a lot of guys visiting. So. I, I think it's. Uh, I think we're going to have uh, a good bit of offensive firepower here soon. Um, Michael asked about Jason Robinson, four-star receiver, USC commit. We watch earlier in the show. We talked about him. Um, uh, Kearney, we, yeah, we talked about, we talked about the 2023 receivers, um, the starters. We, oh, 2023. So next, next year, Tim, what do you, 2023 starters? What do you got? Well, that's, I mean, you know, the good thing is, Giles, moving, Olsey, Mary yeah, exactly. Davis. I was going to say the good thing moving forward is we know who they are. Cause there's only a couple of them. So we know it's going to be the three softs are going to be juniors. Merriweather is a soft and the couple they get in this class. All of a sudden you're going to have, you know, six, seven guys next year. So uh, the good thing moving forward, it's extremely easy to talk about the same guys over and over again. But uh, I will hey, add, if you want to ask me about the 2022 starters, or major contributors, there's going to be someone who's not on the team right now. Don't know who it is, but I still believe that they're going to take a graduate transfer receiver for this upcoming season. Hey, my uh, my 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 throw just real quick for a, a commit. The guy that we you know hasn't been talked about who just visited. I love love the film of the of the kid who, uh, Osbury who goes to a school on LSU's campus. Tiny, small. Probably the smallest guy they're recruiting in the front seven. About six six foot two hundred, if that big. He looks he looks small on film, but absolutely the most fearless, fastest hitter I've seen in quite a long time. That guy could play football, outstanding. I, I'm glad he just tripped up there. That was awesome. Yeah, that was his. Every linebacker in the country, Tim. Appreciate it. Guys, we'll be back with Ashton. Cross your fingers next week. Come on, Ashton. Um, come on, Ashton. Pull through, girl. Um, so we'll have her on there. It's always always fun talking Notre Dame football with Ashton Pollard at Blue and Gold. Um, all right. That's going to do it. Appreciate you guys. Hit that thumbs up. Um, go to blueandgold.com. $1 for one year premium access. Check out Meet Leet. Um, shout out to Royal Tiger. Um, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.